Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. Trying to express God's self through you, which makes you more authentically yourself. So to trust it and to trust that God is going to support you in that. It's real. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, God knows, or that it's not going to involve sacrifice, but it is the path to becoming authentically yourself and at the same time in communion with the divine. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, Well Women. Welcome to the show. Today on the Well Women Show, I interview Father Anne Tropiano, who defied the Vatican to be ordained as a Roman Catholic priest. But before I go to our interview, I want to share a couple of things. I have the great privilege and honor of working with a group of young Girl Scouts who are working on a project to raise awareness about energy efficiency and protecting the earth. Here's a short message from them. We want to conserve energy for future generations. Generations. We want to save the world so we can have a planet to live on. We may not be Wonder Woman, but we can help save the world. This message was provided by the Girl Scouts of Troop 10573. Okay, and they'll have a longer message for listeners next month with some action items for you to help them in their quest to save Earth's energy. I'd like to personally invite you to join me for a presentation called Where Are You in the Well Woman Life Cycle? In this session, you'll discover a framework for exploring your internal and external challenges. This is a great way to understand where you may be getting stuck and specific tools to make a shift. The way our inner and outer landscapes interact can determine so much about our potential and the possibilities for growth. There are four distinct stages of the well woman life cycle, and it's important to understand where you are without judgment. The masterclass is on Wednesday, December 15th at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on Zoom, and you can register at wellwomanlife.com slash masterclass. Now to our interview with Father Anne Tropeano, who earned a Master of Divinity from the Jesuit School of Theology in Berkeley, California, and has worked in several parishes in the Jesuits' West Province. She's currently in the early stages of founding an inclusive Roman Catholic community in the Jesuit tradition in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Father Anne is also fully committed to church reform and dedicates her life to seeing the doctrine of ordination change in her lifetime. You can find notes from today's show at wellwomanlife.com slash 271 show. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy, a group coaching experience for high achieving leaders at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. I'm speaking with Father Anne Tropiano. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Giovanna. I'm really happy to be here. Honored. I love what you are doing with the show. It's fantastic. Thank you. Well, Father Anne, so excited to have you on. This is a first, and I just want to give you the opportunity right up front to just tell listeners, who are you in the world today? I would say who I am in the world, first and foremost, is a friend of God. I just desire so deeply that God's desires for love and justice manifest in the world. I am a newly ordained Roman Catholic priest, a woman, 
So I am working, spending my life committed to reforming the Catholic Church to include women at every level of the church. I am also a friend to animals. I rescue senior dogs and give them end-of-life hospice care. And that's a really important part of who I am, actually. And I think I'm just a simple person, you know, (laughs) trying to find her way in the world. Okay, there's so much in what you just shared. And I just want to ask you, why are you doing this? What's the story? Like, how did you get to this point where you are so committed to reforming the Catholic Church in this profound way? So I didn't really grow up Catholic. I was baptized Catholic and pushed through the sacraments, for lack of a better word, but my family really wasn't practicing. So I did not have a sense of God, a relationship with God, didn't think about God at all in any way, really until I got into my very late 20s, early 30s. The best way I can describe it is I just started to experience God, although I wouldn't have said that at the time trying to get my attention. I began to seek and I was managing an independent band at the time, actually. And so I didn't really know anybody who was practicing anything. (laughs) Actually, I'd spent my whole life in the secular world, not really considering spirituality or the divine. So I began to seek in secret. After seeking for some years, I was led to the Catholic faith. I underwent a profound conversion. I ended up moving with the band to Portland, Oregon, where I found the Jesuit. And when I entered that community, they really took me under their wing and they taught me how to pray because I was having difficulty connecting with God. I felt God calling me, but I couldn't communicate. I couldn't connect. And it was with the Jesuits that I learned to pray. I completed the spiritual exercises in everyday life, learned discernment, learned how to pray, came into relationship with God, and it really changed my life irrevocably. And that was when I started to hear the call to be a Jesuit priest. I was very new at discernment. And so for a long time, I kept thinking, well, I mean, God must mean something else because women are not allowed to be priests, certainly not allowed to be Jesuits. So I tried to live that call out in every way over the next 12 years. So I did all the liturgical ministries. I I was a pastoral minister. I started a young adult group. Eventually, I went on to get my Master of Divinity, which is the theological degree that Roman Catholic priest has. So I went to a Jesuit seminary in Berkeley. I even ran a parish after that because of the quote unquote shortage of they have new models of ecclesiology where they have lay people. So non-ordained people come in and run the parish so that the priest doesn't have to because the sacramental ministry, the burden is so great. There's not enough priests that it frees the pastor up to really pastor as opposed to being administrator. So I even did that, which was a very difficult job for a woman who was called to be a priest. So I didn't last long, I'll admit, though the community taught me so much and they really were a key piece of my formation in becoming a priest. So I left. I I didn't leave the church, but I left pastoral ministry because it was just too difficult. Once I had that space, I was free to entertain the path of the Roman Catholic woman priest. That is a group that started in 2002. Um, We are all females, have been formed with degrees, worked in parishes, you know, done all the things. And we are ordained as Catholic priests. The way that happened was a bishop ordained women 
and then a year later ordained women as bishops. And those women have been ordaining women as priests since. So we do have apostolic succession, but we are excommunicated and not welcomed into the church, just to give you a little bit of background. So it's a big sacrifice to follow that path. But after prayer, it was the only way forward at this point in my journey was to take that on and to take that risk and make the sacrifice. I didn't do it lightly. I was ordained on October 16th. I don't do this lightly. I do it as an act of great love for the church that I want to be part of. Mm. It's not because I disregard the magisterium or it's not a sign of disrespect. It's a sign of great love and obedience to God. Okay. Wow. And I just, I want to really follow up on a couple of points there. To just be clear, it was because a male bishop initially ordained someone so that you could be in that lineage. Exactly. So, so there were some points along your path where, where there was an opening, right? An invitation or some sort of support. And that sounds like it was one of those things. You talk about a calling and I know a lot of listeners are thinking, well, I I have a sort of a calling. I've, you know, I've experienced something. You followed that calling. Like we know that we hear these things and then to actually listen to it and act on it is a whole other game, right? What would you say to people who feel a calling to something? Maybe it's not the church, but it's, it's something. If you are consistently hearing a call, however you want to define that, in your heart over time, that is God in you trying to express God's self through you, which makes you more authentically yourself. So to trust it and to trust that God is going to support you in that. It's real. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, God knows, or that it's not going to involve sacrifice, but it is the path to becoming authentically yourself and at the same time in communion with the divine. So I would take that incredibly seriously and make the steps that you need to make to have the support in place to pursue that vocation, whatever it might be. So when that happened for you, something was so strong that it compelled you to continue that path instead of saying like, oh, well, that's interesting. What is that that happens where you believe so much in what you're doing that you follow the path? Well, for I, for me, it's the experience of God's love. That That's it. So once I experienced that and experienced God's desire for me, then it's almost like there's not really an option is the best way to say it. So um, I just follow because I trust. And with the experience, that felt experience, this is not This is not like a theoretical speak about love. You know, it's a real encounter. So if God is always, God is alive, communicating with us at all times, trying to capture our attention, wanting this intimate relationship with us. So once we consciously enter into that, then we sort of just receive the grace to follow. So I can't even take credit, honestly, Giovanna, do you know? I mean, the only thing I guess I can take credit for, if I can even say that is is faithfully continuing to show up to my prayer, to listen and to say yes. That's really it. But it really is God's initiative. And um, so in some ways, it's not necessarily difficult 
although the path is challenging, if that makes sense. Yeah, what you're describing makes me think about taking action. So, you know, you have this this belief and this connection, and then that's not the end of the line, right? Then you have to actually follow through and take action to be where you are. And so I just want to bring that in because that's a really important piece of the puzzle, I feel like, when people talk about finding God or finding their path, that's great. Then there's the follow-up. Okay, now what am I going to do? Yes. And what I what you're saying is about how am I going to sustain also? Because you even may take one or two steps, get discouraged and lose hope. Of course, I've experienced a tremendous amount of darkness and despair and hopelessness and somehow continued along the path in that trust. And I think the connection is the animator and it's staying true to that. So when you take a step, you see what happens, you reflect on it, you bring it into your prayer or you talk about it with your friends, you bring it to your spiritual director, your therapist, whomever, and you continually, it's not like you just go full force ahead, right? You continually are bringing your experience back and discerning every step along the way. Yeah. And so you go into hopelessness or despair and and so trying to reconnect. And so what is faith then? So faith is the experience of God. It is. It's the experience of God as a living being in love with us, desiring us, building a friendship with us. That is faith. It is an experience. Beliefs are the thing that You know, you believe a certain thing in your mind and the church teaches particular beliefs, but that is distinct from the experience of faith as how I would put it. And if someone has sort of a bad reaction to the word God, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I would understand (laughs) based on how various religions have used God, unfortunately, to oppress and demean. So what I would say is to strip all of that away, because God can have different names. So we can say love, or, you know, it could be a mother God, definitely feminine, female images of God, enter into reflection, stripping away and allowing the creative divine spirit to teach you who she is. Just to wrap up this segment, where are you in the whole picture of of the church? I mean, you're excommunicated, but you're ordained. Like, how does that work? So the ordination of a woman is criminalized in the church. It is a crime that is considered as severe as the sexual abuse of a child by a priest. And while those priests are not excommunicated for their crimes, we women are treated the most harshly for hours. So we are excommunicated. And what that means is that, yeah, we're still part of the church, the body of Christ, technically, but we are no longer welcome to receive any sacraments, meaning we cannot receive Eucharist when we're in an institutional Catholic setting. We can't work for a Catholic institution like a parish or a school. I won't receive a Christian burial which is really heartbreaking to me. Essentially, we're just severely punished. We're also publicly shamed, harassed. Some of that happens by the institutional church. A lot of that happens by the body of Christ. Deeply unfortunate, very misogynist. So where do I fit in this picture? All of us as women priests, we consider ourselves still part of the institutional Roman Catholic Church. And what we're doing is we are being prophetic to the church. So because the church has not 
made this change, while many other Christian denominations have, even 50 years ago now, you know, we have the archaeological evidence, we have the historical evidence, scriptural, theological, we have, we have made all the arguments. Now what we are doing is we are living the truth that God is calling us. We are the example that God is calling us to be priests. We are priests. Many of us, you know, we have communities, we're doing the sacramental work, we're teaching spiritual direction, funerals, weddings, all the things. Where I see myself in the picture is my life's mission is to get this teaching changed, to see it in my lifetime, to be welcomed as a Roman Catholic priest in the institutional church before I die. So I have a very public ministry. My hope is to really work. That's why Giovanna, you having me on here is so critical because the Catholic church, the Catholic media for the most part censors us. And so the secular media really have to partner with us to shine the light on what's going on. So I see myself as being an out front, very public reformer, while at the same time working to become the best priest that I can. I mean, I'm brand new. I have a lot to learn. And I look forward to building a, a, a parish community that's committed to social justice and doing weddings and, and just walking with people in these most important times of their lives and helping them to encounter God. I mean, it's honestly the greatest honor of my life to have been called to this ministry. In both of these ministries, the reform and the work, the sacrament mental work, they really reinforce each other. So that that's my hope. That's my place in, in the church at this particular moment. Okay. And I just want to say, I love that. I love having women on this show who are living the change, right? Like you are working for change while working within the institution that you're trying to change. So it's a double challenge. It's probably a triple challenge for you, but I'm speaking with Father Ann Tropiano on the Well Woman Show, and we'll be right back. I'd like to personally invite you to join me for a presentation called Where Are You in the Well Woman Life Cycle? So it's on Wednesday, December 15th at 10 a.m. Mountain on Zoom. In this session, you'll discover a framework for exploring your internal and external challenges. This is a great way to understand where you may be getting stuck and specific tools to make a shift. The way our inner and outer landscapes interact can determine so much about our potential and the possibilities for growth. There are four distinct stages of the well woman life cycle and it's important to understand where you are without judgment so head over to wellwomanlife.com slash masterclass to learn more we're back on the well woman show with father Anne tropiano recently ordained as a roman catholic priest and father Anne, we're going into the segment called superpowers for success which really allows listeners to get to know you a little bit more and for you to share your wisdom with with listeners so the first question i have for you is what does success in life mean for you it means fidelity to god that to me is true freedom. So freedom is not really you get to do what you want whenever you want to do it. That's kind of the American idea of freedom. Success is fidelity, not only to God and what I hear God asking me to do, whatever the cost may be, fidelity to God's vision of love and justice and mercy and reconciliation. That's a daily practice. I mean, if you think about it in terms of yoga, spirituality, you know, it's something that I really need to practice in every moment to help bring about that vision in the world. 
you know, through my interactions at work with people, family, friends, you know, sometimes it's easier than others. <laughs> yeah. And for listeners who really resonate with working for love and justice, but they may not see themselves following the path that you have chosen, but they are committed to love and justice. What would you say to them? It's absolutely the most, it is the meaning of life. <laughs> To me, that's what life is about. It's about creating a world of love where people feel accepted, empowered, fully included, just exactly how they are as people. And anybody that's doing that kind of work, we're on the same path, really. Okay. And when did you know that you were really good at what you do? I think it was when I I first started to pursue this path of walking with God as a Catholic in the Jesuit parish. I would say it happened over a span of years where I started to understand that I did have a gift for prayer, that I did have a gift for discernment, and helping people to encounter God. And really it was the Jesuits, you know, they really taught me that. So I would say it didn't happen overnight. It took me a while to kind of, to be honest, it took me a while to sort of catch on. (laughs) Sometimes I can be a slow learner. So over those years was when I really discovered I did have some gifts in this area. Mm. Can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your own well-being so that you can follow this path and be resilient and keep going? This might be a little unexpected. So I'm a Catholic priest. Prayer goes without saying, of course. Okay, so I pray a lot. But I would also say eating a lot of vegetables. Honestly, that is a critical habit that I find that when I go off of that, you know, I just don't feel well and I just can't really perform in life. And I've just learned to really respect and honor that. That is the design of the body, my body. And I think that maybe sometimes we don't really give enough credence to that kind of thing, you know, the physical nourishment that our body needs. And I really learned this in seminary where it was so arduous. It was such an arduous three years. I almost didn't make it. I recognized, you know, I'd always learned before playing sports, you know, your mind and your spirit can you know, really propel your body to compete or perform. But it was really in seminary that I learned that a strong, healthy body can carry my wounded spirit and soul through a situation. So really honoring that exercise, vegetables. Okay. So when you say vegetables, is that like only vegetables or just? No, no. I mean, for me personally, it's probably about 70% vegetables. That's a great tip. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I guess it's a combination of obedience and discipline. So the obedience I really discovered in in the context now, it's the obedience to the Holy Spirit and the desires of God, what God is asking of me to do in my daily life for the church, for the people of God, et cetera, and really being willing to follow. That is a superpower that clearly I have because <laughs> taking on the oldest, most widespread patriarchy in the history of the world. But I, I did realize, you know, sort of looking back that that was really, it was always there. And I didn't realize that gift until much later in my life after my spiritual awakening, actually. Okay. And what advice, Father Anne, would you give yourself, say your 25-year-old self? Boy, my 20s were tough. Take the time 
to really get to know yourself and who who you are, I guess, you know, what I would say now as a creature of God. Back then, I didn't really know myself. I didn't know what environments I would thrive in. I kind of tried to be someone else all the time. You know, when I was a young woman, you have all, all these competing messages that are coming at you. You're supposed to be this. You're supposed to be that. Societal expectations. And I, I didn't really get to know who I am as a unique individual and what environment is going to help me to thrive. And so, I, you know, now I'm very clear on that. And I, you know, am able to set boundaries around that and create, make decisions that support that as much as, you know, I can and what's under my control, et cetera. So I think I lost, you know, a lot of years in that way. We are created by the divine to be who we are. So to really discover and honor that, one of the best things we can do for ourselves, I think. And for other people listening who also may feel like they lost some years, I just want to offer that maybe those years were needed in order to arrive where you are now. Yeah, I agree with you. I appreciate that very much. You're, I think you're right. We make no mistakes. Even a mistake is not a mistake because it leads us to who we become. And and in terms of spirituality, you know, God uses all things for the for the good. Now, I have a really important question for you. Do you identify as a feminist? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I kind of knew the answer to that. But I'd love for you to talk about what that means for you. Well, just very simply, anybody who works for justice, male, female, non-binary, people of all genders, you're a feminist because the only way we can have justice in the world is if women are lifted up, period, full stop. There's no way around that. And that word has been sort of tainted by mainstream media or weaponized against us. And I just do not buy into that at all. I mean, being pro-woman is being pro-God. Father Ann, you are challenging the largest patriarchy in the history of the world. So what makes a good leader? Well, I would say when I think about pastoring as a leader, it's really identifying the gifts of people that people have, their natural gifts, and creating the space for people to give them the support, the space, whatever they need to really contribute, to grow, to shine. And I also think creating a space for conflict, authentic connection, where people can work through things together to create a common vision of what they want life to be. I think so to me, I don't have the answers. I'm never going to have the answers. My role as a pastor and a priest is to create that space for people to create what it is that they feel moved as a community to create. It's the people that have the answers. What would you ask people for in, as far as their support of your vision? I want people to come to my masses. I want them, you know, I want them to have the experience of a female Roman Catholic priest. I want them to tell their people about the work of the reform movement, Women's Ordination Conference, the Roman Catholic Woman Priest Movement. Especially if someone, if there are listeners out there who are in the church and even those who aren't, people need to speak up about this. I mean, If this exclusion were happening on the basis of race, people would be up in arms about this, rightly so. So I guess I question, like, why is it? 
that people are not up in arms about this because it is such a gross injustice that has tremendous impact throughout the world. And from a Western perspective, we might not realize, you know, because the Catholic Church has been declining and the impact that this has across the world. The Catholic Church has immense, immense reach. So I really encourage people to speak out, to start speaking out to the bishops. So participate, go to the Mass and speak up. And where where can they find you? Where are your masses? Yes, they're going to be at St. Paul Lutheran on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. It's a contemplative mass. And people can also go to my website, fatherand.com. It has, I'll be offering spirituality offerings next year, the spiritual exercises, et cetera. People can go and learn about how to participate. We will link to all of this information in the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash radio. And last question for you, Father Anne, besides the Bible, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? Yes, I'm reading a book called Letters from the Holy Ground, Seeing God Where You Are. And it's a spirituality book. I just received it from a mentor of mine as an ordination gift. And it's really about, you know, we get caught up in our busyness, our busy lives. It's really just about being present to the divine in our everyday and digging deeper and being present to all those great gifts of being alive. Beautiful. That was a great place to stop. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me, Giovanna. It's been a pleasure. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.